who had one eye in the mirror as welcome back to the cknw sunday night sex show thank goodness it's not a singing show i'm maureen mcgrath i am your hostess with the leastest in voice that is welcome to the show thanks for hanging with me if you are hung over from the first hour uh great to be with you so i've invited uh Connor Beaton, founder of Man Talks, to the show with me. And when I first heard about Man Talks, you can imagine what I thought. And uh, I was not the only one who thought that. And here's my 634 conversation with Jill Bennett this morning. Here we go. Uh, the intention is to help men become better men. Which is not not a bad intention at all, but I, I was kind of with you when I first saw it, too, thinking, oh, great, a room full of men on stage talking about how great they are. That <laughs> oh, sounds no. like fun. <laughs> exactly. And, and if it was a room full of women doing the same thing, I would still be rolling my eyes. Any room full of people talking about how great they are. Uh, yeah, a bit of an eye roller, I guess, in, until you dig down a little deeper and find out what it's all about. Excellent. Anyway, yeah, that was the initial response I had. And I've been up front with Connor Beaton, who joins me in the studio. He's the founder of Man Talks. He's a business coach and a speaker. Welcome to the studio, Connor. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's great to have you here. Okay, so how many people have I rolled when they heard <laughs> about Man Talks? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think uh, depending on how it gets described, sometimes people are like, oh, I, I get it. I see why why it exists. I understand. Um, but a lot of times, yeah, it's uh, it's the initial reaction is like, I don't, why does that need to exist? Especially when they just see the name. When people just see the name Man Talks, their initial reaction is like, this w- this doesn't need to exist. Why do we need this? Right? There's a, it's a very confronting name for a lot of people. <laughs> Haven't men been interrupting us for a long time in <laughs> boardrooms all across <laughs> North America? Yeah, exa- exactly, exactly. So it's kind of like the, uh, you know, the the male privilege thing gets gets activated pretty quickly exactly and then you go onto the website you decide i'm going to give this guy a chance i'm going to go onto the website and then you see the school of greatness event and then you're like okay yeah hello really uh but uh it is a new york times bestseller it is yeah lewis lewis house wrote uh wrote the book he's got a business called the school of greatness and uh it is a new york times bestseller it's been on there for quite a few months now and, uh, of course, it's, it's men who put books on the New York Times bestseller. <laughs> uh, no, no. I mean, there's lots, there's lots of women, but uh, no. I, I should preface that we do, we do have a large audience of women that come to all of our events, so it's not an exclusive men's only thing. I was wondering about that. Yeah. I actually was kind of lo- yeah, so, <laughs> looking for an invitation. Yeah, you, you are welcome. You are more than welcome. Thank you. Um, I'll, 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 yeah, you should, you should come out and check one out. But um, and well, the, your first event you're having April 9th? Uh, well, we've had quite a few events already, and um, usually well, I mean, the first event since being on the Greatness Sex Show. Ah, is... ah, yes, there you go, there you go. Yes, yeah. The the next one coming up is on April 9th, so it's uh, next next Saturday, mm-hmm. and uh, Convention Center. Uh, we're expecting about 350 people. Um, the founder of uh, Hootsuite, Ryan Holmes, can be speaking as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Riaz Menji is going to be hosting it. He right. hosts TEDx Vancouver, and mm-hmm. he's uh, you know, Shaw Breakfast TV. And uh, Lewis will be speaking and myself as well. Okay. Throughout the day. Are there workshops as well in addition? Or Yeah. So Lewis will be doing a workshop. Um, mm-hmm. Lewis has a really powerful story. And he usually tells his story. Um, he was abused as a child. He's very upfront about it. Uh, mm-hmm. He talks about overcoming that adversity uh, and then being a professional um, football player. 
and the challenges of you know going through that and and dealing with that when he transitioned out of the out of the sport mm-hmm. uh, and then you know just continuing to talk about how to achieve greatness in your life okay and so how did man talks come to be you are the founder yeah. of man talks and uh and what's what's your story yes everybody has a story <laughs> everybody has a story i'll give you the sort of like the coles notes okay um so I grew up in Alberta, which is, as we all know, kind of like the Texas of Canada. Lots of oil, lots of big trucks. Um, not a lot of talking about emotions. More drinking beer and Jack Daniels. Uh, and you know, I got out. Of <laughs> I high was school. right about yeah. the drinking, wasn't yeah, I? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no. um, but I got out of high school and was very lost, very confused. Did construction. Um, started uh, started singing opera. Um, started taking singing lessons. I know it's a little out of left field, but my dad sang classical music. And so you can actually sing, and you let me sing that Carly I did, Simon I did, thing. I didn't say a thing. <laughs> I just let it roll. All right. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> so I, I started taking these lessons, and uh, long story short, I, I got into University of British Columbia and U of T uh, and came out here to Vancouver because how do you not choose Vancouver over Toronto? It's such a beautiful city. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing against Toronto. I love Toronto. Um, but uh, came out here, did my degree, went and sang in the Czech Republic, in France, Germany, Italy. As an opera singer? Yeah, as an opera singer. Were you a singer as a kid? No. Okay. No, I actually, when I started singing when I was 18, I didn't even know the notes in the piano. I had to really? learn pretty wow. much everything from scratch. Okay, wow. But I had a bit of a, bit of a, a, a talent, I guess, like the voice was there. Yes, which was yes. Good. And, Can we have a little bit? Oh, man. Just uh, one thing. Opera doesn't really translate over, just, over the oh, microphone. Just something. <laughs> Okay. All uh, right. I'll, well, they can come to TEDx Stanley Park. I'll sing. I'm going to be singing there. Oh, you are. I built okay. it into my talk. Oh, that's great. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's fantastic. Talk, yeah, so we'll talk about that in a little bit as well. Um, but anyway, so I I was singing, and on on paper, it looked like I had this really great life. I had um, a, a beautiful partner, and you know, she was fantastic, and we'd been together for quite a long time. And um, I had a, this great career. I had the motorcycle, the nice car. Like it just. From the outside, it looked fantastic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, behind the scenes, what was actually going on was I was really depressed. I was battling with depression. Mm-hmm. I was battling with sexual addiction. And not a soul knew. Like, nobody knew. I, I kept it hidden because I was really ashamed of what was going on. And I was really guilty of what was going on because I knew that I was hurting people. And uh, at the same time, I didn't know how to stop myself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can only hide those things for so long. It's, you, you mentioned being Gemini. I'm a Scorpio. Mm-hmm. We, we hide stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we try and hide it in the corner. But you can only hide it for so long. And so when everything kind of came out uh, and everything started to fall apart, you know, the Golden Castle started to fall apart. Um, and, and how did it start to fall apart? Uh, I mean, my, my depression got to a point where I was trying to escape from everything that was happening in my life mm-hmm. um, by using sex as, you know, an escape mechanism. Some people As a drug. Yeah. Some people basically. default to drugs. Some people default to alcohol or gambling, mm-hmm. whatever the case was. Mine mm-hmm. was, mine was sex. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that, that caught up with me and it, and it destroyed my relationship. And because of that, that was kind of like my rock bottom. And I still didn't want to tell anybody in my life. And mm-hmm. I ended up living out of the back of my car for a few weeks mm-hmm. until finally I just couldn't take it anymore. I, I needed to I needed to stop living in the back of my car. And, and, and as a sex addict, were you seeking sex outside of your relationship with a number of different people yeah. and trying to go after the high? Yeah, and I, and and, I, and I pretty much always had. Like I, it, it was something that I entered into this long-term relationship with, figuring prior. that I, you know, I'll just... 
I'll just stop. I'll just get better. Like, I, and I, I didn't really, I didn't really think there was a problem until I was, I found myself in this, in this relationship and I really genuinely cared for this person mm-hmm. and I wanted to change, but I didn't know how. And by that time it was too late. Right. Yeah. Right. And, um, and, and is she in your life today? She's not. No, she's not. No. no. Um, and so when it all fell apart, you know, I realized for the first time in my life that actions really do have consequences mm-hmm. and that some of them you cannot talk your way out of. And you said you had depression as well. It's yeah. a bit of a chicken and egg kind of a thing. But yeah. did you have some of the typical symptoms that men experience as depression, like the anger? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think there was there was a good amount of anger there. I think a lot of it manifested in, in just trying to escape from anger or sadness. Right. And that in itself was like a vicious circle Mm -hmm. because it just, it just perpetuated itself. Mm -hmm. So I would get really upset and really angry about something. And I, it showed up in my singing practice. I actually, I I don't know if a lot of people know this. I don't know if you actually even say, but I I broke one of the pianos at UBC. Okay. Uh, I broke one of the stands because I was really upset. Right. uh, In 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 one of my practices, and uh, well, you're making so much money from Mantosh, you can now replace. Oh yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. It's uh, yeah, not really, but um, but yeah. So it it was one of those things where you know the anger would happen, the sadness would happen, and I would try and escape, and it would just be this vicious circle that would feed itself. Right. And did you have physical symptoms as well? Did you lose weight? Did your heart pound? Um, I definitely had a, um, I definitely had a lot of um, stress or, or anxiety. anxiety, and yeah. So at, at, at any time, if there was a lot of pressure, if I, if I felt like there was a lot of pressure in my life, mm-hmm. I would have this sort of heart pounding feeling, and then it would sometimes get to the point where I felt like I was going to pass out, mm-hmm. um, and I would literally have to like take a knee or, or sit down, and yeah, it, it did. It right, did that's get pretty that common. Yeah, yeah, with depression. So you yeah. got so you got some help. I did. Yeah. So. After everything fell apart, I started talking to, you know, close friends and uh, I started seeing uh, a therapist and a counselor and and started to get things on track. And what I realized was when I started to tell people what was actually going on in my life, mm-hmm. um, a lot of and, and actually be real about it and actually tell them like, hey, these are the things that I did and um, and kind of go through that that process of, of clearing everything out of the way. Mm-hmm. I found that a lot of. Not a, not all of my guy friends, but I found that a lot of my guy friends really opened up, and they started telling me things that I didn't even know. Mm-hmm. And these were my close close friends. And the day that it really hit home for me was when my best friend told me that he, <laughs> sorry, that he had tried to commit suicide, mm-hmm. and I had no idea, mm-hmm. and it was right in front of me, and it really landed with me that I wasn't showing up for the people in my life that I loved and that I cared about. And, and if anything, I had been pushing them away and mm-hmm. I had been keeping them at arm's reach. Mm-hmm. And Did you have a lot of shame? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. there you, was an immense were, amount of shame. And you worried what other people were going to think. They weren't yeah. going to love you anymore or care about you anymore. Totally. Or, um, and were you confused? Was depression something that was talked about in your family or... Not, not really. No, I mean, was there a history of it in your family? Not, not at all. No, no. I think, but you know, my, my parents, like my dad was really, really actually really good. He wasn't actually a part of my life as a kid very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and grow, do you think that contributed to what happened to you as an adult? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so. And you know, my mom, she was amazing woman. Um, 
she had a very tough upbringing mm -hmm. and because of that she was prone to not really talk about emotions mm -hmm. and so when tough situations would come up oftentimes it was everything's okay everything's you know what everything's okay we're right. just gonna be okay exactly and it was kind of like yeah. a whitewash right? right it was just like we're just gonna ignore this we're gonna put it away yeah and we're gonna put on our happy face and we're gonna go out and we're, we're gonna just, pretend it's all perfect it's and all amazing okay. yes and uh and and that has consequences it does yeah. it absolutely does i have to ask you this question because it's very difficult i i see a lot of patients who have uh, sex addiction mm -hmm. and um it's a very difficult affliction to treat and it to is. overcome it is. and it's uh in similar to any chronic condition really but uh have you you've been treated for the sex addiction and do you yeah. feel your uh, yeah i mean it's it, once i once i started to recognize the trigger points for it mm -hmm. and notice when it would actually come up for me right and when i would feel triggered and and, and especially when there's any sort of shame, any sort of hiding, if mm -hmm. I feel like I'm hiding something. Right. Um, so, you know, I had to do things like go through my contact list and delete anybody that was a problem. Right. Or, or, or not even a problem. I don't want to, I shouldn't put it like that, but take anybody out of my life that I felt was a threat to me being in a harmonious relationship or right. even me just being complete and not needing to reach out out of necessity. Exactly. Are you in a relationship today? I am, yeah. Okay, fantastic. Listen, yeah. this is fantastic. Um, we're going to have to go to break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to hear a little bit more about Man Talks. And yeah. uh, we know what uh, led you to uh, create this amazing event. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Welcome back. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. I'm joined in the studio by Connor Beaton. He is the founder of Man Talks. Thank you so much for sharing your story, Connor. That's not easy nope. to do. <laughs> uh, you know, as we're talking about depression and we're talking about shame and we're talking about sex addiction and um, depression is perceived as a weakness in men, mm -hmm. especially by men, especially by men who have depression. And, you know, by sharing stories, we empower other people. Truly, we do, because they say, well, you know, I felt that way. And and um, maybe this is what I have. Maybe I have depression and I can uh, be helped as well. Until we view depression as the physical medical condition that it is, we're never going to actually obliterate it mm -hmm. in our society. And, uh, and also it leads to so many other concerns and problems like suicide, um, which you mentioned as well. So man talks, uh, although it sounds, you know, as Canada rolls its eyes at it, it's an important where, event. It's one of those things where we, you know, we've, we've put it out there in a very specific way because, you know, as guys, it's, it's tough for us to have these conversations, right? I think, you know, a, sometimes, you know, sometimes we're, we're definitely mocked by, by other guys and by women to show any sort of weakness. Mm -hmm. And the, the funny thing is, is that as we fight for better spaces of gender and racial equality, mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we have a lot of work to do. Guys mm -hmm. like the, especially, you know, heterosexual white males, like we have a ton of work to do. Like we, we got to get our stuff together, right? And the thing is, like the people, you know, men and, and women do this too, but want to put out this perception. We're amazing. We're mm -hmm. fantastic. We're great. We are, you know, um, they, there's so many, I mean, I, I work with a lot of men and there's so much dysfunction and, you know, there's lies that are being told. There's excessive drinking. There's excessive drug taking. There's, um, so much, 
um, you know, relational problems. There's anger issues. Mm. They don't want to talk about it. They, you know, as you say, they want to stuff it. And, you know, and then it comes out in other ways. Uh, online today poses a great uh, risk for a lot of men. Absolutely. Uh, access to sex online. Yep. Um, and so there's so many uh so many issues and, and and everyone is to be perfect and to be the guy you know the one well and and our you know our perception of what it means to be a man mm-hmm. is is actually sometimes very detrimental like how we view masculinity mm-hmm. from the perspective of being a macho man is you know machismo by definition being macho is actually to pedestal everything that's masculine mm-hmm. and diminish feminine qualities. Of course, yes. Right? That, that's actually what machismo is. You're rocking is. at that, you guys. I've got to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> you're and, doing a darn good job. <laughs> <laughs> and so and so we create this culture where, you know, we we, you know, guys feel like we need to play into this space of being like this have it all together man and having any crack in the armor is not acceptable. Well, well, here's the one thing, though. We have someone like Ryan Holmes, who's mm. you know incredibly successful and well-known, internationally well-known, and um, and for to have him get up there and and speak, you know, a lot of guys are going to be like, "I'm never going to be Ryan Holmes, so forget it. I'm giving up. I'm not going to do it." And and a lot of guys don't have that that sacrifice, that persistence, that I'm going to stick with this. And, you know, after 10 years, I'm going to be successful. A lot of people want instant gratification. We see a lot of startups today in the city, which drive me crazy. They raise (laughs) all this money. They have nothing. They actually pretend they have a a cure for a global problem. They don't. They raise $20 million and have no sales. They are constantly raising money, raising money so that they can call themselves a chief executive officer. It's all false. There's so much much of that that goes around and yet men turn a blind eye to it because they've invested in that company and they don't want people to think they've made a mistake because it attacks their manhood their mm. machismo yeah. that you know they invested i knew a company that did this and it was all men who invested the women didn't they were smart enough to know but the men did and then they said well i didn't invest that much so i'm not going to complain you know and it's like this is the you know they allow each other to perpetuate this criminal behavior in mm. business and all for this whole false fake presentation that I'm great. Yeah, Hello. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no no, it's it's I mean it's a very valid point. I think you know what we're trying to do is is a not make men wrong. I think there's a lot of that going on out there. Me, you know, on both sides of the fences. There's mm-hmm. there's men making men wrong, women making men wrong, there's mm-hmm. men making women wrong. Like there's there's a lot of finger pointing. Absolutely. Right? And and so we're not we're not trying to make a space where we're saying, "Hey, men, you're all screwed up." That, that's not what we're doing. We're, we're creating a space where, you know, guys can have the real conversations that they really need to have. Mm-hmm. The conversations that should be going on behind the scenes. The conversations that women think happen at the bar and in the locker room that mm-hmm. aren't actually happening. Right, yeah. Right? That, 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 no. That's not actually happening there. And we're, we're trying to create a community of actually, like, empowered men, right? Like, mm-hmm. guys, guys that are wanting to give back to the community guys that are wanting to be exceptional husbands, guys mm-hmm. that are wanting to fight for equality, guys that are wanting to, you know, be really great fathers and raise sons that understand those traits. That that's how we move the conversation forward. Mm-hmm. And so that's ultimately what what Man Talks is about is about connecting men with examples of other guys that are willing to be open Understand that vulnerability actually isn't a weakness, that it's actually a power, that it's a very powerful trait. Absolutely, it is. Yeah, vulnerability is. And, um, and to be able to move the conversation forward around masculinity and, you know, hopefully 
reshift a little bit. Exactly. So how can people get tickets to your event? So um, they can go to mantalks.com. Um, the event's there. We, uh, If they can't make the one this month, we have one next month with Mark Brand that's all by donation. Mm-hmm. And we're going to raise money for a Better Life Foundation to feed underprivileged and homeless people in the downtown east side. Um, and we're also launching in Toronto this month and L.A. That's fantastic. And you said we could give out a couple of tickets. Absolutely. Uh, and so yeah. if you want to win, if you want to be a guy and be a great guy, you want to attend Man Talk. So email me at sextalk at cknw.com. The first person to email me, and uh, you'll have to trust my honor, uh, will win those tickets. Connor, it's so great to meet you. And thank you so much for coming. And I look forward to sharing the stage with you at Stanley Park. Ted at TEDx Stanley Park 2016. I will not be singing, but I'm glad you will be. <laughs> Thanks right. very much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, and uh, great good luck with your event uh, on Saturday. It should be a fabulous event, I'm sure, helping a lot of men, uh, which is great. And I'm a big fan of Mark Brand, so uh, I look forward to that event as well. Thank okay, mantalks.com. Mantalks.com. Get your tickets or email me if you want a couple of free ones. Sex talk at CKMW. I'm Maureen McGrath. You are listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Welcome back. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. It's now two hours, so we're heading into the last half hour. So thanks for staying with me if you've uh, had that kind of staying power all evening. It's uh, lovely to have you. It's always my pleasure. I do have this sex toy to give out. It is a... Tango by WeVibe, powerful, rechargeable, mini-vibe. And uh, tested. It's fantastic. It's teeny. Uh, it travels well. And uh, it ha- packs a lot of power in that punch. So you can give me a call, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell if you want to win that little sex toy. If you want some tickets to Man Talks, give me a an email, shoot me an email at sextalk at cknw.com, and uh, we'll get those tickets out to you. So, you know, we're focusing a lot on men tonight and shame and the gravel road we call life. And to that end, I've invited yet another Irishman into the studio. (laughs) As I say, they're cute, they drink, and they're funny. Um, But anyway, uh, there's lots more to them than just that, and lots more to men than just that as well. Robert O'Brien joins me. He is the writer of the manuscript, Just One More Drive, the true story of a stuttering homosexual and his race car. He came out at the age of 32, and he's come on to the show tonight. Hello, Robert. Hello. Listen, thank you very much for having me on the show. I have to say, being on a sex show (laughs) is just the best ever, because people back home have said, you're going to end up on one. And I've said, "Wow!" but if I, if I didn't come out till 32, I was actually a virgin until I was 32. Is that right? And it was quite funny, yeah. And like, so people said, have you written a sex book? And I'm like, yes, of course I have. Two shades of grey. It's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> sex is dull for a lot of people not to worry robert and yeah. uh and not everybody has sex that frequently or as frequently as they want to and they may even be in committed relationships it's that is it's the a dream. mixed bag that yeah is the dream. It- <laughs> committed relationships someone please take me oh, I, i'm sure that's terrible to say on radio someone will i am certain someone will <laughs> they might take my car i just got a uh <laughs> I noticed that my parking is going to be up shortly. Anyway, um, well, it's great to meet you. And uh, it was, um, it's not easy. Uh, sexuality and 
shame mm-hmm. and having living with a secret yeah. and uh, and living with uh, not being able to tell people yeah. about your sexuality or who you're attracted mm-hmm. to. And, and uh, before we get into that, I have mm-hmm. James on the line, so hang on a second. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, James. Hi. How are you? I'm very good, thanks. Fantastic. And... What would you like, James? Are you Irish, by the way? <laughs> I'm uh, I'm Scottish. Well, originally. Originally Scottish, and what happened? <laughs> I didn't know you well, could originally be something and then something else. Now I'm a Nordic. Well, I, grow, I grew up here in Canada. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. So you're a Scotsman. All yeah. right. So you've, um, you've called for the prize. Well, I'm a dual, dual national. Yes. <laughs> so you've called for the prize, have you? Yes. Yes. Now, I just I've just come in, mm-hmm. and um, I always I always listen to your show. Oh, thank you. Now James. I don't. Now was there a question that was supposed to be answered? Oh yeah, there was actually. But what are you calling about the Mantox tickets or the vibrator? The vibrator. Okay. <laughs> All right. Do you have any idea what an uh, Damiana is? It's on Damiana? that. Damiana. Yes. Um, how do you spell that? D A M I A N A. Damiana. Ternera diffusa is the generic name. It's all natural. Okay, I'm going to give you a hint. This is a sex show. <laughs> yeah. So, what would Damiana? What would Damiana be? It would be a uh, domination. <laughs> it begins with A. I'm going to give <laughs> an ass. Keep going. <laughs> and that's a whole vibrator. No, no, no. You can't swear on the air. Oh, sorry. No, <laughs> I thought I, you said. <laughs> sorry. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, let's see. <laughs> no, sorry. I, you know it's what? okay. I you don't have to apologize. You're sounding Irish now. I'm part of your show. Guilty. It's okay. I'm part of your show. So, that's all right. How I, come? I'm what were you doing? I was out this evening, and oh. I've just come in. Oh, I see. Okay. So this would boost something. So what do we, like, okay, um, oysters, <laughs> Stamina. chocolate. Stamina. <laughs> um, I'm giving wild. it to you. <laughs> okay, I'm giving it to you anyway, even though you've gotten every <laughs> single thing wrong. It's an aphrodisiac. <laughs> oh, yeah. what? Oh, my goodness. I was thinking of something else all right you're gonna win anyway it doesn't matter that's fantastic i enjoy listening to your show and um yeah thank you very much thank you so much thanks for listening i appreciate it (laughs) (laughs) next time come a little sooner all right um, (laughs) i always try to come a little later I know you're all trying to do that. Well, listen in, and I'm going to help you with that a little bit later on all in the show. Right. All right. You know what? Thank- I will be. All right. Thank you, James. Have a great night. Okay. Back to Robert. Hello, Robert. Okay. Here we are. So, so. you you got. I hope you're loosened up now. Anyway, totally. not not nervous. Don't chill. I'm perfectly okay. Okay. Perfect. Thank you. Okay. So we're gonna. So tell me about what it was like to grow up for 32 years and not be able to express your sexuality. Well, the funny thing is, for me, everyone always said it, it was the gay issue, like being gay. And it probably was. I kind of discovered or I kind of knew at six that I was attracted to men. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was a huge science fiction fan and there were certain 
starship captains and I was, you know, fascinated by these guys and all the sexy women. I was like, meh. At six? At about six or seven. Yeah, I know, I know. And um, and then at about that time... High libido as well. Well, no, uh, because what happened, I kind of felt that that wasn't, wasn't what, what a man should be. And um, I began to actually stutter at that time as well. So having a stutter and being homosexual, I wasn't able to talk. Do you think and it was related? I do think so, yeah. I think having a stutter was a way of hiding it because I wouldn't have to talk. I wouldn't have to express it. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I finally... I mean, I went on a lot of stuttering recovery courses and I began teaching. I came over to Vancouver to go to acting school because mm-hmm. I love science fiction. Probably, mm-hmm. a, you know, you know, a like subconscious of maybe there's some hot starship captain. Of course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but what actually happened in um, in in acting school, I, I we we were obviously doing emotional exercises and I just suddenly broke down one day and just said, look, I'm gay. And everyone's like, well, that's brilliant. And it's like, great. Well, I don't know what to do with that. This is at age 32. Age 32. You'd never had a relationship. Never did anything. And why not? Because it was safer not to. You know, it was safer and not being able to talk meant poor, victimized Rob. And I spent my life trying to be fixed, trying to be a stronger man, a fluent man, a straight man, a successful man, a rich man, a strong man. Oh, and so it really goes back man to talks, what, tickets. Yeah, no, well, no. Well, I mean, this is the thing. It, <laughs> you it, won. It, 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 you know, I, I really would love to go and see that yeah. because, I mean, a lot of what Connor said, I have to say. Right. Or, or, or I mean, I say in, in, the, um, in the manuscript because I worked so hard to be fixed and to try and be what we are told men are. Right. And um, by the age of 35, I was sitting in my dad's car with the engine running, looking for a, a reason not to stop it. You know, oh. and um, and I thought. So I, it led you to it's what led consider to taking your life suicide, and it, and it, it was, I was tired. Mm-hmm. I was like, I've come out, speech therapy, traveled to Vancouver, of course, yeah, been to college, talked about this. What else? Yeah, and I mean, I think it goes back to what he said, like what what we're told a man is and what a man isn't. Right. And this isn't a gay issue. People have said, oh well, it's a homosexual issue. It's, you know, in a sense, yes, it is because homosexual men have to fight harder in a way or they have to, there's more of a kind of label as to what kind of gay man you are, where you're like, it it doesn't matter if you're gay or straight, what kind of man? Right. And being a man, what I've learned, and I mean, why I began writing the book was after the whole event, obviously I didn't, didn't go through with it and I actually berated myself for not being competent enough to kill myself for a long time. And it's like... (laughs) So Are you you're kidding putting me? yourself down. So we're yeah. single, we're lost, and we can't even kill ourselves. And I just thought, okay, look, let's sit down and start writing. Yeah. And that's really where the kind of genesis of the manuscript came from. And as I said, I mean, the first time I shared this, people freaked out and said, it's a sex book. And you're like, it's not a sex book. And it went through a number of changes, and I couldn't figure out how to end it because mm-hmm. it's like, how does someone end that? Am I fixed? There is no fixing. Right, yeah. And I think this goes back to what There's Connor no need said. For fixing. There's no need, but mm-hmm. to get the strength to share that, like that whole idea of shame and depression and never feeling good enough, like, I mean, it's, it takes so much. And yes. for men who stand up. It's depleting, up, and right? And for people, yes. Yeah. It yes. kills you. Yes. And I mean, we, you know, talk, talk about sex. Sex is easy. Love and connection is what it's about. And if you love someone, you can connect with them. And the sex will be amazing, so I'm told. That's what um, I'm trying. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> that's what I'm trying to let people yeah, know. Yeah, no. And I mean, and it's a universal message. Mm-hmm. And that's why I, I mean, this whole man, <laughs> manuscript project has happened very quickly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people have asked me, why have I done it? 
And I said, because at the age of 14, if I had read this, and I mean, I'm a huge geek too, so there's, I mean, it's a, it's, it's, it's a lighthearted, you know, take of the whole journey. And there's right. cars, there's science fiction, there's jokes, because I write like I talk. Mm-hmm. And I made it lighthearted because I wanted it to be accessible, not just for gay men or for stutterers. They can obviously read it, but for anyone, because it's a universal message. We're okay the way we are. Mm-hmm. If we can learn to share our stories and own them, Right. And connect to people. And this is where the man talks, the working out, the sex. It's all the same thing. We're running from who we really are. And that's why we're all lost. That's why we're overweight. And it's like, for for myself, I tried to fix myself. Mm-hmm. Couldn't do it. Because at the end of the day, there's nothing to fix. Right. Just accepting yourself, it and sounds like. And that's the hardest journey. Is where, yes, being at peace with yourself, who and you are, being vulnerable, being open, being human saying I can fail and it's okay it's and okay. I pick myself up and I don't care what other people think about me. We go back to the beginning of the show when we talk about the nasty emails, people mm. the power of the pen and mm-hmm. people can just, you know, slash you in uh through cyber space, Absolutely. you know, a cyber slap as Linda yeah. Steele said, you yeah. know, and and we worry about what other people think and mm. when we really shouldn't. Well, you know, I I mean, like I said, sitting here today at 38, I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah. You're absolutely right. And I mean, people have asked me, like, I'm not a a writer. I've got actor experience and I've done a number of things, but I'm not a writer. And people ask me, what right do I have to write this? Who cares? I'm not a writer either. I I wrote a book. (laughs) And it's a case of I'm still here. Yeah, yeah. It's like, guys, this is what I've, you know, exactly. gained from this. And I mean, I think what like sort of Connor shared, the power is in the sharing. It's exactly. not just having your story. It's saying, I feel the same way. Well, I'm not alone. I get that We're a lot in alone. my office where people will say, am I normal? Have you ever seen this before? Yeah. And I'm like, well, the 32 patients that came in before you had the exact same issue. So, and yes, yeah. I have seen that. But, uh, but it's a great uh, title. I look forward to mm-hmm. reading the manuscript. I wish mm-hmm. you all the best of luck with it. Thanks so Thank much for sharing much. your story. You. I'm certain it will help many others when we share stories we empower other men and boys so thanks so much for coming into the studio great to have you so um you're working on your website i Mm -hmm. know that and uh we look forward to that but in the meantime if somebody wants to get in touch with you get in touch with me uh they um i well i i i um there's a there's an email address Mm -hmm. uh, just one more drive at gmail.com okay perfect that's all lowercase in one single word and i promise to get back to you okay yeah there will be social media by the end of the month fantastic so if you have any questions uh about coming out robert can certainly help you with that i'm maureen mcgrath sexual stamina when i get back you're listening to the cknw sunday night sex show Oh, that's a great song. Welcome back. I'm Maureen McGrath. Thanks, Mike, so much for uh, all your assistance with the show tonight. Oh, and, it's no uh, problem. Yeah, it's, it's been a great show. Great uh, board operator there. Um, I wanted to mention, I'm going to be talking about sexual stamina, and uh, I have the women of Woodburn Drive to uh, thank for the Damiana introduction. Uh, Damiana leaves have been used as an aphrodisiac to boost sexual potency by the native peoples of Mexico. And it's actually used for both male and female sexual stimulation. It's also used for increased energy, to treat asthma, depression, impotence, and menstrual problems. A lot of the things that we're talking about here tonight on the show. And it actually has a fairly significant alcohol content. So uh makes downing this natural herb that much more fun. Uh, Mexican mothers give it to their daughters on their wedding nights. You know, 52% of brides don't have sex on their wedding nights. What's happening in this society? You expect 
people who are getting married to have sex, but no, they're all too tired as well. Could be the giant weddings people are putting on. Sexual stamina, that's another. It uh, made me think of it. <laughs> Not because I'm looking at getting in better shape. has nothing to do with it whatsoever. But uh, stamina is a hot topic when it comes to men and sex. And if guys were to believe everything that's written on the, uh, on the web or that you find on Dr. Google, uh, a man who can last a long time in bed is the gold standard. What they don't realize is the women don't really want it to last that long if they're in a heterosexual relationship, uh, a same-sex relationship. that no, That's two guys thinking uh, about lasting longer in bed. So long sessions in the sack are exactly what some people need to feel satisfied, but uh, that does not define stamina for everybody. So it's important that one defines stamina. Uh, looking at erections, they are often the barometer of men's overall health, uh, physically and psychologically. So we need to recognize that and understand that because that is very helpful in understanding endurance as well. So if we go back and define stamina, it's, uh, it, as I said, it's loosely defined as someone who can last in bed a long time. Um, but that suboptimal stamina means different things depending on who we're talking about. So if a man isn't lasting as long as he wants, he may be experiencing in addition, he may be experiencing premature ejaculation, erectile dysfunction, or he doesn't feel physically able to have the kind of sex he wants, so he's not in great shape. So, you know, getting out there and exercising is always really important, and that's going to make a big change to how you feel in terms of your self-esteem, your sexual self-esteem, how you look, how you carry yourself, how you walk. You know, when you're when you're trim, you got that V shape where the the wider part is on the top. <laughs> I, a lot of guys get it confused and they, they flip it and think that that's what we like, uh, women like, or other men like. It depends if you're in a same-sex relationship or not. But uh, so in every single case, to if you are concerned about your sexual endurance, you need to get physical and get aphysical. So sexual shortcomings aren't always uh, as simple as being caused by uh, your age or fitness. There could be a medical problem. Even young people, even young athletes experience stamina problem problems. And uh, it's a myth that endurance is all about fitness level. So uh, sexual intercourse is not as rigorous as men like to think that it is. So it really doesn't um, have the impact on your heart, and we should really get Dr. John Weisler in here talking about the heart, and he'll be in soon uh, next, in the next few weeks. But uh, from a cardiovascular standpoint, it's really about the equivalent of going up two flights of stairs, okay? Uh, maybe in Vancouver, because apparently Vancouver is sexually dissatisfied. We're the least sexually satisfied province in the country, so it might be just be one flight of stairs for the men of British Columbia. So it's really not that... Um, uh, r rigorous or challenging. Um, and so what are some of the things that you can do uh, to improve that stamina? And and one of those things is, and I was saying to the guys tonight that uh, they were shocked at this, you know, that one of the most common questions I ever get is, how much masturbation is too much masturbation? Uh, you know, and, and one thing about guys' masturbation is they're doing it the same way 
all the time. And and so sometimes a guy's masturbatory techniques will hinder his ability to enjoy partnered sex. So the differences in tightness and lubrication may be just enough to keep him from experiencing that same enjoyment that he does on his own. So it can be quite different. Um, you know, some men just use their hand. You may want to bring in a flashlight, for example. And uh, I, I promised some of those to uh, the Jeff O'Neill show, so I can't give those out on this show until I've given them out there. Anyway, they're dying for a free flashlights from the sex lady. But uh, you might try that as well, or you might try out a new position or, or sex in the shower. Um, but, you know, you may be just you know, having the same old sex in the same old place and the same old masturbation in the same old place. So just like you want to change up where you're having sex, you want to change up where you're masturbating. So if you're, you know, thinking of having sex on the chandelier, masturbate on the chandelier. That will translate into better sex with your partner. So you get what I'm saying. Also, you want to think about mindfulness. Cognitive behavioral therapy is always important. It's a classic way to address early ejaculation. Uh, there's other ways some guys want to just try with the SSRIs. There is UXER, which is available now in Canada. It's a topical benzocaine treatment for men, and that'll slow things down. Involve your partner. Um, because regardless of the type of stamina problem, a man or guy or a real man or a talking man should make sure his partner, if there is one, is part of the solution. So you really want to talk to your partner. Communication is so important when it comes to sex and pleasure and sexual pleasure and what feels good and what doesn't. And some men's endurance concerns come from the worry that they're not living up to their partner's expectations. So ask your partner, how is it for you? What do you like about it? What could be improved upon? You know, they may, you may have a conflict that's unresolved and, and your partner may not be as vulnerable as as she would like to be because she's annoyed about something or maybe she doesn't like the shape you're in. Anyway, um, I'm going on and on about this and we're coming to the end of the show. I'm sure we have to go to a break, which we will. And uh, I'll come back and we'll wrap this baby up. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Welcome back. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. We're talking about sexual stamina for men. It's a big issue. Uh, there's lots of things that you can do about it, some things you may not think about. We talked a little bit about uh, depression and stress tonight, and, and certainly in instances of erectile dysfunction, mental state can be a big factor. Also, if you are depressed, and, and in men, we see depression. It comes out as anger, or drinking excessive alcohol, um, symptoms like that. They lose their temper. And so somebody is not going to want to have sex with you, I'm telling you, if you are like that. And it's a physical condition, so definitely look at depression. Look at your mental state. If someone is depressed or overly stressed, it can suddenly and dramatically affect your sexual activity, regardless of everything else. You might feel great about everything else or think that it's all, you know, you might feel like you're in a committed relationship. But if you're depressed, you may not have uh, any sexual stamina whatsoever. Um, and Viagra is not going to help you because it's an emotional situation uh, or a mental situation. So understand that that sexual dysfunction does happen. That's what my clinical practice is all about. Uh, and seek the medical intervention that you may require to increase your sexual stamina. Well, we're at the end of two hours of sex once again, or two hours of sex talk anyway. Hopefully you're having two hours of sex because that would be good stamina for you. This Thursday night I'm at the Rio Theater, which I'm looking forward to. So hopefully you'll join in there. The 
tickets are online at Rio Theater, I think, or you can um, Google that event if you like. You can always go to my website, backtothebedroom.ca. You can follow me on Twitter at back the number two the bedroom i have clinical practices in vancouver and in north vancouver they're all on my website as well so i treat lots of uh different sexual dysfunctions and and just life issues as well but you know what sometimes the therapist needs a little help and i'm looking forward to working with sean seal in terms of getting uh, an exercise program going so just remember when you stumble on this gravel road of life make it part of your dance i am maureen mcgrath and you have been listening to the cknw sunday night sex show